Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 271 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the Saturnian creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to the Winter Solstice Module of the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year and a 50% off code that will be good all the way until January 1st, 2018. Uh, So we're going to be talking a little bit about the Winter Solstice, but mostly Saturn here today because Saturnalia is on its way. And I wanted to start today, I have a quote. I have a quote all queued up that I love. So pay attention because it's an old-fashioned quote, but it it has a lot of truth to it, and it has a lot to do with what I want to talk about today. Ralph Waldo Emerson. The guy was full of good quotes. (laughs) He said, When a resolute young fellow steps up to the great bully, the world, and takes him boldly by the beard, he is often surprised to find it comes off in his hand, and that it was only tied on to scare away the timid adventurers. I am taking some liberties here because he's talking about the world at large, and I'm thinking about time. Uh, But I think it both, both applies. I love this image because... It's exactly how I feel about Saturn, Father Time, Kronos, the Lord of Karma, the Great Malefic, often associated with Satan himself. Satan! Satan as Saturn. I believe this association is a direct expression of our fear of our own mortality. Time is ticking. Tick, 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 and try as we may to keep it at bay. It just keeps keeping on. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. The only thing we can do to maintain our denial (laughs) is to distract ourselves with pretty little lies and all manner of addiction. Pretty little lies. We can literally distract ourselves with that on on, uh, HBO, (laughs) Uh, which you can consider, I guess, an addiction. But here's the thing about Saturn that I have found to be true. There is a holly jolly center at his core. He has a very special gift for every good girl and boy who is willing to tug on his beard a little bit. And that gift is freedom. To embrace the qualities of Saturn, to embrace structure, to learn to harness the power of time is to set yourself free for the real adventure of life. The adventure that begins when you take complete and utter responsibility for your own experience of life. So remember what Emerson said, 
when a, and this applies to women too, and old, old and young alike, but he says young fellow. <laughs> when a resolute young fellow steps up to the great bully, the world, I'm also saying time, and takes him boldly by the beard, he is often surprised to find it comes off in his hand and that it was only tied on to scare away the timid adventurers. Do not be timid adventurers, my friends. Be kick-ass witches. <laughs> be the kick-ass creator or creatrix of your own life. In order to do that, I recommend embracing Father Time. So happy holidays, y'all. <laughs> Whenever I talk about Saturn, I feel like I get very, very intense. And I think that's because Saturn is a very intense energy. And it's almost time for Saturnalia. Saturnalia, an old Roman holiday that I am thinking a lot about this year and that I'm actually going to celebrate this year just for the fun of it, just because I can. So Saturnalia, it begins on the new year this or on the new moon this year. The new moon launches us into Saturnalia on the 17th and extends all the way into the 23rd, meaning right smack in the middle of Saturnalia which is an old ancient Roman holiday celebrating the god Saturn. Right in the middle of that, we get the winter solstice, which is when the sun moves into Capricorn. Capricorn. Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn, for those of you who don't know. So it's all about Saturn right now, right? Um, so that's when the sun moves into Saturn and the longest nights of the year launch us into a six-month journey that leads us to the longest day of the year. And then the pendulum just keeps swinging back and forth and back and forth. Um, therefore, Hanukkah, the festival of lights. Happy Hanukkah if you're Jewish. Christmas, the birth of our Savior. The Son, S-U-N of God. Our Savior, literally, if we're living in an agricultural uh society and dependent on the sun for our food uh, or I guess any any kind of nature like we've we think we've outsmarted nature with all of our machines and our chemicals and our labs and our warehouses but ultimately without the sun we would all perish so we celebrate the return of the sun even though it's just like that first spark of light when we know the wheel has We've had a little turn of a wheel and the light is coming back slowly but surely. It's the promise of God that the light is returning. That is what we celebrate at this time, most of us, regardless of the religion we practice. Um, and we might not be feeling that light yet. That's why we light all the candles symbolically to welcome the light. Uh, we might not be feeling it and experiencing it for a few more months, but the promise is there. The light is returning so much about time and how time is really, well, time is a man-made construct that was created based on the passage of time, so-called, as measured by the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets. And really, probably, I'm going to say the sun and the moon primarily. Father, sun, mother, moon, However you want to look at it, some people like to flip those around just to be contradictory or maybe because there is some historical uh, foundation for that belief. I don't know, but the sun comes and goes every single day and the moon is why we have months, a month, a month. 
So people would measure their lives by that. That's how we have our modern day calendar with a few slight adjustments. That the sun moves into Capricorn during the winter solstice is the most perfect bit of symbolism for us witchy planner nerds who love to really geek out at this time. And I just say witchy because it's, I'm talking about astrology here. Um, <laughs> uh, but for planner nerds, it's, it's a perfect time to geek out. The time between Yule and January 1st is for many of us a time for getting strategic and organized and taking a good hard look at the 365 days slotted uh, for us in the year ahead to make the most of them. We start thinking about that. That's when people set their new year resolutions. Saturn, the ruler of Capricorn, is the ideal energy to call in for this kind of work because he is the master of time, father time, Kronos. My friend Dawn is really interested in and talks a lot about the feminine aspects of these ancient archetypes and planets. And Rick Levine's latest couple of videos address this too in regards to Saturn, saying that the female version of Saturn is the crone. Which again makes so much sense as we head into the season of winter on the solstice when when the sun goes into the sign of Capricorn. Um, and the crone is in the winter of her life, right? And has a very real sense of the passage of time and all the wisdom that goes along with that. Kronos is the Greek name for Saturn, who was a Roman god. Um, so an easy way to remember this is to make the phonetic association between Kronos and Crone, right? Easy peasy. So however, however, however you want to say it, it, the same associations still apply. I think of Saturn as a man. I just do. <laughs> I relate to it that way. So I usually just say he. Sometimes I try to say it's. For, for everybody, but in my mind, he's a he. But if, if you prefer a feminine perspective on this, a female perspective on this, by all means, call Saturn a crone. Uh, the beauty of working with Saturn or Kronos or the crone as an archetype when you're young or youngish, your pre-crone years, is that you can learn to become the master of your own time, the hours of your own life, while you still have some life in you, <laughs> instead of at the end of it, when you might be filled with regrets of, at having squandered those precious minutes as they go by fast. I sent out my annual end of the year survey last week with the intention of co-creating 2018. Every year I call that survey co-creating whatever the next year is going to be. So it was co-creating 2018 because I have learned that, A, you all are super forthcoming with the constructive feedback, which I totally appreciate, and B, it really helps guide the direction of all things kick-ass switch. When you tell me what you want, ask and you shall receive. It was such a revelation when I started doing that, like, oh, I can just ask them what they want and they'll tell me. At the end of this year's survey, I created a special section for people to ask me questions, promising that I would answer them in an upcoming episode of the podcast, which I will do. I'm actually going to have to make at least two of those podcasts. <laughs> 
and consolidate any repeat questions to fit them all in because the response was overwhelming. There are so many of you, which is a huge blessing for sure, uh, at least in my life, but also that's a lot of questions to answer. So we'll have to break that down into a couple of episodes. One of those questions that just comes to mind here now, um, so I guess I'll just answer it because it relates to what I'm saying here is, what do you mean by working with a god or goddess or an energy? Because I often say I'm working with Saturn, right? Uh, so keep in mind that different people have different ways of working with these energies. I'm just telling you how I personally do it. For me, it starts as an inspiring idea. Just an idea, often around an archetype that I relate to or is just speaking to me for whatever reason. So in the case of Athena, for example, who came with a very powerful sidekick in Medusa, it was a matter of feeling guided or inspired to look her up. I asked if there was a goddess who wanted to work with me and seconds later her name popped up in front of me, literally in big sparkly letters on the back of a water truck and then continued to pop up. So I just went with it. I suspended my disbelief and went, you know, and was like, okay, maybe this is that energy like talking back to me because I asked and like, boom, there it was. So I went to do some research on who this goddess is because I didn't really know much about her. And what ignited my passion for Athena and really locked her in as the goddess I work with was an intense feeling of defensiveness as I read through her mythology and was really alarmed and furious at the way she was depicted as a cold, selfish bitch, especially to other women. And maybe that's because I felt judged or misunderstood that way at some point in my life, but for whatever reason, it got a huge reaction out of me. <laughs> With Saturn, there was in the spring... In the spring and summer of 2016, a lot of interesting things going on with that planet astrologically, which got me studying its placement in my birth chart. And I saw that behind Venus and Pluto, it was a dominant force in my chart. So I got curious. I felt a pull in that direction. And then in researching Saturn, I just grew attached. I was like, I like this guy. I like uh, maybe I just like disenfranchised. Is that the right word? <laughs> I like archetypes that, that get a bad rap um, because Saturn is one of those too. And the way I work with these energies is not like a Christian worshiping Jesus. It's not like that. I don't even know if there is an energetic... I, I'm, I'm likely to say there's not. Uh, there's probably not uh, an energetic entity that identifies as Athena or Saturn. They're really just archetypal ideas for me. They represent a package of character traits and lessons that are pertinent to my life personally. If the idea of God's or goddesses is repellent to you for some reason, if you're an atheist or a pantheist who refuses to give a face to the great mysterious life force energy that flows through all things, I am sure you could simply work with the idea of as of 
Work with the idea of time as a guide. For example, Saturn is father time. And I'm betting even if you just like committed to working with the idea of time, reading about time, thinking about time, managing your time, I'm betting you'd have some pretty interesting and possibly instructive experiences as a result. But why? I would also ask you, (laughs) even when you take the God association out of it, why is it known as father time? Why do we have to tack that father onto it? (laughs) Because it's human to anthropomorphize complex ideas. It makes them easier to digest. It makes them more relatable. Therefore, we have Mother Nature, the Snow Queen, and even the Boogeyman. It just helps us process these ideas to put a face on them and a personality. And what's fascinating is that this is really cool. When you invest in an idea as a guiding force, I don't know why, but it starts to guide you back. You get a two-way conversation going. The way I have experienced this most profoundly is in the phenomenon of synchronicity. I don't want to get... Two, of course, here from the subject at hand. So I will just say, I'll give you a book recommendation. If you want to learn more about synchronicity, check out Robert Moss's book, Sidewalk Oracles. Sidewalk Oracles. I devoted an entire month here to uh, that book. (laughs) I talked about that book for a month in my newsletters and videos and here on the podcast in 2016. It is that good. You can go back into, I think, spring of 2016 and find that stuff. And it's fun, too. That book is so fun because synchronicity is fun and Robert Moss is a fun person. Incidentally, I will add that I believe it was a Saturnian synchronicity that led me to a different book I've been recommending this year, The 12-Week Year. I knew, I just knew the second I heard about it that one This is a Saturn thing. And two, I must have it right now. (laughs) There was literally no deliberation. I just had a deep sense of order or of knowing. And so I ordered it right away, immediately. I was like, yes. And I was hitting buy it now before I knew what was happening. And then I started implementing the process it outlines right away. Like I ripped the package open when it got here read through the book, and then immediately started working with the 12-week year. And the 12-week year became synonymous with Saturn for me. Other funny synchronicities that actually have to do with this episode of the podcast here today literally involve the creation of this episode. (laughs) One is that I was decluttering a dresser in my office a few days ago. I've just had like the deep urge to declutter Uh, and I've done so much decluttering. So much, so much. It's amazing that I still have more. Um, So I was was decluttering this dresser in my office and, you know, my mind started wandering and I started thinking about how I need to do this episode today on this Tuesday because Saturnalia is this weekend. I literally was having that thought right when I opened a drawer and saw an unread, opened, unread, unopened issue of O, Oprah's Magazine, O Magazine, sitting on top of a pile of junk. And um, I was like, oh, yay, because I've been reading back issues of O Magazine in bed, like issues that I had just not gotten around to. 
And uh, so I was like, yay. And the cover said, seize the day. And when I opened it, the very first page I turned to was the intro to an entire section on time. Literally. (laughs) This happened right when I was thinking about doing a podcast on time and Saturn. I found that magazine, seized the day, and turned right to the section, a big section on time. And then even weirder and cooler than that is I was like excitedly flipping through that section. My phone went ding, and it was my sister texting me to ask, what was that number we used to call when we were kids to get the time? I was like, no way, the time ladies, 767 time. Are any of you old enough to know what I'm talking about? In the 80s, there was a phone number you could call, 767 time. Some people just called popcorn. I wasn't that cool. I just called 767 time. And in real time, there was a time lady that would say, the time is 11.29 a.m. And we got such a kick out of it. It was free, so we would call it constantly. (laughs) And I am the memory keeper of the family. Uh, Someone called me once the sentimentalist. So any like old little weird song lyric or funny story that somebody wants to remember, they text me. (laughs) So my sister was texting me like, what was that number? Um, So I, I was just like, ah, that is so crazy. And that is the fun in working with an archetypal guide or idea. The synchronicities like that, they just, it just, it feels like whatever Saturn, whatever the gut thing is, time, it just starts playing with you. Like it's guiding you and pointing you in the right, right direction, sending little messages of confirmation when you're on the right track. So circling back <laughs> on the issue of O Magazine, that particular issue, I think it's the October issue. It's a really good one. Uh, what I was and you know what I was saying at the top of the show here about how working with Saturn and within the constructs of time is surprisingly about freedom. There is a piece in that issue of the magazine called "Your Days Numbered," which is about using your time more efficiently. And one of the recommended tricks is something that I have done and loudly promoted for years. So you've probably already heard me talk about this, and I'm going to talk about it again because I love this. I love this. I live by this every day, and it is the simplest thing. My precious yellow egg timer from Anthropology. I love it so much. Um, so... Basically, this is how it works. I set the timer for whatever it is the thing I'm going to do. It could be something fun that I don't want to get too carried away with because I have other things to do. Or it could be I have resistance to doing this thing, but I know I need to do it. So if I only set the timer for 15 minutes, that's not very much time. That's not very intimidating. So sure, I can sit there for 15 minutes and write. Or sure, I can sit there for 15 minutes doing a ballet bar workout, whatever it is. Uh, I've also come to use, I use my egg timer. It's my baby. I love it so much. But I've also been using the timer on my phone because you can set, I did that for NaNoWriteMo because I would do word sprints 
And depending on my mood and how much resistance I felt, I would set it for 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Uh, And you can set the different sounds so it's not as jarring. So if you're like in deep concentration, you might not want a loud egg timer to be like in your ear all of a sudden, you know, scaring the crap out of you. (laughs) So a a lot of the the sounds on the phone are very gentle and you can keep writing, you know, you can finish your thought. Um, So I do this for both leisure activities so that I don't waste too much time and productivity activities in order to bust through any resistance I may have to getting shit done. And both in both cases, it works like a dream. It's amazing. It's the simplest thing. Um, but it works so well because it silences that controlling voice of worry in your head that has you watching the clock. Uh, even if you, even if you, you're not, whoops, sorry, bumping, bumping, bumping my microphone. Even if you're not like consciously staring up at the clock, there's just something in the back of your mind that knows like, I only have 30 minutes to get this done, or I only have to sit here for 30 minutes. How much time has gone by? Oh, okay. I still have 20 minutes. You know, the timer is watching the clock for you. So you don't have to. So you are free to concentrate on what you're doing and to just totally let go. This is amazing for creativity because it facilitates a really deep sense of relaxation and presence in the moment. The present moment, as I often say, is your point of power. It is where your freedom lives and your ability to create your life on purpose. As Henry David Thoreau so eloquently said, I love this quote. I have it on a poster here right next to me. You must live in the present. You must live in the present. Launch yourself on every wave. Find your eternity in each moment. That's a time thing, right? Find your eternity in each moment. Fools stand on their island of opportunities and look toward another land. There is no other land. There is no other life but this. Which brings me around to another piece in that magazine. I tore this page out. I got to put my little reading glasses on here. This guy, Alan Burdick, I've never heard of him before, but he has a book called Why Time Flies. I can't decide if I should get this book or not because I feel like it's just going to suck me in and then I'm going to end up doing like eight episodes of Hippie Witch on Why Time Flies. (laughs) And I can't stop talking about Saturn. So it feels like... I don't know. Should I spare everybody me blabbing about time more, more? Um, Is this going to become like the time podcast? I'm the new time lady, 767 time, hippie witch. (laughs) Um, So there's a QA and a that O Magazine did with this author, Alan Burdick, um, called What What Is Time Anyway? It's fascinating. This little section is worth buying this uh, episode, episode, this issue of the magazine alone. I love this, which is why I tore it out and it's highlighted. But um, speaking of the present moment being your point of power, there's a, uh, one of his answers to one of their questions. Uh, let's see. So the question is, so time is something we are all creating moment to moment. And his answer is, it's not something that comes down upon us. It comes from us. 
I'll just read this. I was going to paraphrase, but heck, it's right in front of my face. St. Augustine wrote about the experience of syllables emerging from his mouth and knowing one was longer than the next. He wondered how he knew that, and he realized it was because his understanding of those syllables' length took place in his memory and his awareness simultaneously. That's a very stoner thing to wonder. I wonder if St. Augustine smoked pot. <laughs> um, that's me. That's not Alan Burdick saying that. Okay, so back to Alan Burdick. He says, He saw it was pointless to talk about past, present, and future. They're the same, and we create all of them. We experience the past and the present as memories. We experience the future in the present as expectation, and we experience the present in the present as attention. And that is why as a magician, as a maker of magic, your point of power is in the present moment. It's all you have. It's all you have. This is it. This is your life. This is your time. I've been, uh, gosh, what else is on here before I move on, before I take my reading glasses off? Uh, uh, so many good things. He talks about how during his time researching the, bit, the book, uh, how impossible it was to actually describe what time is, that it's, it's like a hall of mirrors because time is a lot of things. Um, and he talks about how when we talk about time, it is a man-made construct. You know, we think of a clock. Uh, but then when we feel time speed up or slow down, it doesn't accord with the regimented tick-tock. So it's like, what is this thing, you know? Like all of a sudden time is going by so fast when we're having a blast and so slow when we're not. And so it's very hard to pin down time. And I, I yeah, I might have to get that book. Just talking about it is so, it's so interesting to me. So many books, so many, so little time. I'm such a book nerd. <laughs> I asked for the biography of Leonardo da Vinci for Christmas. It's like bigger than the Bible. It's so huge. I actually already have a couple books on Leonardo da Vinci, but I saw this one at Costco and I was like taking pictures of it and sending it to my mommy because she's really good about getting me Christmas presents that I want. She always has us make a list and then she picks from the list. We send her a huge list so we can be surprised, but that one I was really pushy with. So I'll be surprised if I don't get it. <laughs> so that one might take me all year to get through. It's a honker for sure. But but maybe I need this one as well. I don't know. Um, something I for sure am doing that I've personally committed to in 2018 because I think it's interesting and because I'm clearly not done with Saturn. Um, let me say this in the context of this too. Saturn enters the sign of Capricorn on uh, the 20th, on the winter solstice this year. So in addition to the sun entering Capricorn, Saturn goes into like its home turf at this time and it's going to stay there for a couple of years, a few years if you count a retrograde period um, and then it going back into his sign. So I'm just like, well, heck, I'm going to be working with Saturn at least for a couple of years. I have some really solid ideas. Um, Saturn is very solid for how I want to do that. And one of them is I'm going to be honoring Saturn's day, Saturday, as a day for working with Saturn. Uh, so 
I'll be doing this in a number of different ways, but I'm also thinking, and this is just an idea, I am not in any way committing to this. And even if I decide to explore the idea, that too will not be a commitment. I'm just going to see if I like it and if it's sustainable and if I can do it. But I'm thinking about doing a Saturday episode here. Most Saturdays. I like to say most because I don't want to, again, I don't want to commit and then feel trapped, I guess. That is uh, someone else. Then I think it's in the survey. Someone asked me about what is the flip side or the downside to working with Saturn, and that is it. it. You start feeling confined and trapped when your life is too regimented and too controlled. So uh, I'm trying to prevent that and saying maybe I might do this thing. You guys let me know if you like it. Email me, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, and tell me, are you interested in a Saturday podcast here called Saturday Saturn's Day Evening Post. <laughs> you know the Saturday Evening Post. It's just a little twist on that. It, for me, uh it would be a week in review thing, so whatever. It would just it would be casual. It wouldn't really I don't know how teachable it would be. I'm not really sure. It would really be a week in review. So maybe some big thing happened that week or I got some idea. I don't really know how it go. It would just be me showing up to do a week in review every Saturday called or most Saturdays called Saturn's Day Evening Post. Um so Saturn's Day activities that I would be doing that day. Well, one, I'd be recording that podcast if I decide to do it. But uh, every week from working with the 12-week year, I do a weekly review and then I plan the week ahead. And the week review is really about like measurement and kind of grading your performance that week, seeing what worked, what didn't as you go into planning the week ahead. So that's something I'm already doing already. And... uh, And then I I think I'm going to be focusing on decluttering and organizing, working with my schedule. So really focusing on the structures of my life, probably in the first half of the day. And then the second half is for having a little mini Saturnalia. The holiday of Saturnalia is really fun. It's kind of the opposite of how people see Saturn. Saturn is very controlled, structured, time-oriented, energy and then on Saturnalia it's like carnival it's like carnival every everybody just loses their mind they get wasted they go crazy it's like a big big party from the 17th to the 23rd and um so I thought like oh it'd be so interesting to spend the first half of my Saturday really committing to the week ahead decluttering wrapping up unfinished business getting really organized organizing my space and then just being like whoopee and doing something really wild cutting loose going dancing or just going out with friends or taking a bath there was a something I saw online was about Saturn's day is known as like bathing day and people would take long luxurious baths I'm like dude I'm so down with that but (laughs) but just doing one like loose and free like woohoo kind of thing like just to celebrate that's what I'm doing. I'm not saying you have to do that at all. Um, I just like the idea of that. And I like, uh, speaking of Henry David Thoreau, there's another quote that I love that I was just posting on um, Twitter that I think is the work of Saturn. And it is, 
I actually have this on a little queen section in um, on my wall. Uh, she, this quote is sitting with Oprah. <laughs> Oprah's pointing at me, and this little post-it note is on there that says, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put foundations under them. So Saturn is like, great, those dreams are awesome, but let's get real. Let's make this a reality. If you really, you know, Neptunian ideas, like dreamy Neptunian fantasies of your castles in the air, that's all fine and good. But like, how are you going to bring that into manifestation? How are you going to make that real? Saturn is here to help you do that. He's going to help you put some foundations under them. So I love that image as well. Uh, also, I just have to mention Paige, the fat feminist witch. I interviewed her earlier this year. She's doing something on her blog. I think her blog is just the fat feminist witch.com, but you could Google the fat feminist witch and it would come up. I love this so much. I can't wait till she gets to Saturday. Um, she's doing a post for every day of the week talking about the different witchy correspondences for that day of the week and there's this little poem I included this in uh, yesterday's uh, weekly witch review but um, I love this little poem I think she wrote it I I googled it I couldn't find it anywhere else so I think this is pages but uh, just for fun I'll say it Um, Monday's witch is tranquil and white Tuesday's witch wields fire and might Wednesday's witch is wacky but wise Thursday's witch keeps their eye on the prize. Friday's witch mixes coconut and lime. Saturday's witch can bend space and time. But the witch who works on Sunna's day will always bring bright, bright blessings their way. I love that. I can't wait till she gets to Saturn. See what she has to say about Saturn. Uh, and then another just random funny thing I just wanted to throw out to you for those of you who are like, I like this idea of Saturnalia and really letting go. Uh, I have a lot of ideas about it, kind of Santa Claus, Krampus, and Saturn are all very much related. I recommend Googling Saturn and Krampus. Krampus is Krampusing, <laughs> Krampusing Santa Claus's style, but really Krampus and Santa, I think, were one and the same at some point, and I think they were Saturn, Saturnian figures based on Capricorn, that time of year, the winter solstice. Fascinating stuff, but if you're looking for a fun way to celebrate Saturnalia just because you can, just because it's fun, and why the heck not, I think this would be really interesting if you're a parent in particular. One of the things that that Saturnalia is famous for is the servants and masters. They had servants and masters back then. They would trade places. And so the masters would wait on the servants for the length of Saturnalia, maybe just for a meal. I don't know how it played out. Probably depended on the ego of the masters. (laughs) I would have loved to be a fly on the wall on that night to see how that went down. But I thought, oh, how interesting. I just love the idea of trying on a different role. I have been exploring that on Samhain because of Lori Cabot's recommendation to dress as the energy on Samhain on Halloween that you want to bring in in the year ahead. This year I did it as Luna Lovegood, um, FYI. But I think, oh, how fun would that be to do at Christmas time too during the period of Saturnalia on the winter solstice maybe is to dress 
in a completely different role, if you have a very buttoned up existence, if you work in corporate America, maybe just be like a crazy loose hippie for the day. Don't wear any makeup, let your hair be all wild and free, slap on some tie-dye and see how it feels. (laughs) The thing that I was saying for parents that might be interesting, and I think your kids would just love this, is to have a meal where the kids make and serve their parents. So uh, how fun is that? I just love that. And parents, you have to eat the food. <laughs> you might want to be discerning about like how old are my kids? Maybe you want to make get some supplies going for them. I don't know. But uh, I think that idea is so much fun. And um, it reminds me of our, in third grade, my favorite teacher, Mrs. Durrett, she had a teacher of teacher of the for the day you got to be teacher for the day and it was like the student of the month got to be teacher for the day nobody took it seriously but me the day that I got to be teacher for the day when I was chosen as student of the month my mom and I nerded out and I dressed like a teacher like all grown up and I put my hair in a bun and I had a lesson plan for the class I took it so seriously and I was so excited and I believe that's the moment that the boys in my class decided to start calling me Joanna Peabody, and that nickname unfortunately stuck for a long time. (laughs) Because I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. And that, yeah. I loved dressing up as the teacher for the day and being the teacher for the day. So just something to, some fun things to consider. Uh, The Queen program is launching On January 1st, midnight January 1st, if you sign up for the Queen program, you will be getting the first installment of that at midnight on January 1st. I'm very, very excited about it. This is a life-changing experience for the right woman at the right time. If you like the idea of having real command over your life, your time, uh, having the ability to respond in terms of responsibility of your life, if you want to be the queen of your own life, if you want to launch 2018 as the year of the queen, this is an amazing experience. I will link up somewhere uh, on Blog Talk Radio and back on the blog. Uh, Check it out. I think it's a really awesome, fun thing to do. More than fun. I think it's a really empowering way to launch into the new year. And I'm going to be doing it again. And a lot of the queens that did it the first time are going to be doing it again. So it's just going to be a great little group experience. So that's it. Saturn, everybody. Ooh, this is supposed to go up in nine minutes. It's going to be late again. Dang it. (laughs) I just talked and talked and talked. It's 1151. All right. Until we meet again. Much love to you. Peace.